breaking down cultural boundaries, overcoming trauma and changing direction to become unlimited. This is the Becoming Unlimited podcast with me, your host, Urvashi, aka Ush. Each week we'll be discussing various ways in which you can be your best self and learn to dance with the universe. We'll also be chatting to some inspirational women from a diverse range of backgrounds and I too will share some insight into how I changed my life using the universal laws and a lot of healing. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Becoming Unlimited podcast, a podcast designed to inspire you in your life. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jocelyna, a mother of three beautiful children, a businesswoman, and the mind behind Nashta, which is this destination in Langley full of delicious home-cooked food. Jocelyna is also an advocate of our society accepting real curvy women. She is an inspiration to many and her story is incredible. So let's dive in. Hey, Jaslina, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really excited to speak with you. Our friendship is really new. So every time we speak, I learn something incredible about you and you inspire me. So I am so excited about the women who are going to listen to this podcast so to start us off I'm going to ask you the first question I ask all my guests what does it mean to you to be unlimited so thank you for having me on in terms of being unlimited I would say so it's taken me a long time to get to that point where I've thought oh I'm I'm unlimited or find that word more positive so Mm. I feel now that I am capable of anything I can do things that my white counterparts or other people can also do I feel I can do that as well now mm. and I don't feel as scared so I think in terms of being unlimited it's how you perceive it as well yeah so you know before I never used to think I could do so I never ever dreamed I'd have my own business ever and you know I've always thought I'd do a nine-to-five and I'd be working whereas now like doing Narshtan what I've achieved in Narshtan how much so many people say to me like what I've done and it's just I've realized that yeah you can be unlimited in terms of you can achieve your dreams and there's no limit to what you can achieve. That's incredible. So you just said that you never dreamed of running your own business. Now I want to kind of find out why this is. Obviously, you're a woman of Asian descent. Now, my question is, do you feel that growing up, you didn't have that support in terms of from the people around you or that inspiration of others in your life that maybe had run a business? I think for me, it wasn't about not having support in terms mm. of business business was just uh, never there in terms of mm. like it was always get your degree get a really good job get your degree get a really good job yeah. so that's that was my mindset from like day one like study yeah. you have to get a degree education because yeah. my parents are both working people yeah so you know we have had business here and there in our family but it's never been a positive experience to be honest okay. so I think they spurred me to be safe and secure in yeah. the job nine to five as we all know but a lot of us before we take that step into business yeah it is the safety of our nine to five that we can't let go of so I think I never thought yeah I would have a business because it just didn't seem I felt like business was scary to me because you know it was only when I married a husband because they've been in business for a long time and it's such a positive thing for them in terms of business has always been successful mm. always, yeah, they've had ups and downs but they've kind of put themselves back and it, it was only when I got exposure to all that oh actually like quite you get a lot of freedom in terms of 
financial freedom or just time management and everything like that because I was struggling a lot in my nine to five where I was because I lived in Slough and going to Canary Wharf traveling I'd have to you know take me two hours to get there that's a distance isn't it and and you know back I'd be home by 9 p.m I'd be exhausted I couldn't Mm. do anything I was like how am I gonna fit kids into this life so I think like that's where it kind of slowly I started getting more exposure to business and it started appealing to me. But the thing with that was where we have our like cultural barriers. barriers. Yeah. We, women who are like married or with kids, they're not seen as business women. And that was a big hurdle for me, especially because mm. it was like, well, how are you going to do a business? You know, yeah. How are you going to do a business? So it was just kind of at that stage. And I hadn't actually, this was obviously before I had my children. Yeah. So I just left it really. That's, yeah what what happened okay so it's interesting you brought up kind of our parents and this whole thing around security and you know having a degree and getting a job and a nine to five and you know like I found especially parents um you know I'm first generation born I I I believe you are as well aren't you of immigrant parents you know they came to this country to give us a better life But to them, that better life was being comfortable in like an institution. So, you know, even for me, like this is my fourth business that I have. Like my parents think I'm crazy. I jump from business to business, like, but it's never a complete jump. It's always like the next step of my business, right? It's growth, it's growth, right? It's complete growth, absolutely. So do you think that this is something that affects most Asian women who want to start business that you know they have this battle with their immigrant parents 100 percent. it's not even just the parents it's obviously well the parents and the in-laws as well like mm. you know because a lot of people think once they get married okay that's it we can't really do anything or have kids that's it but it's fighting that kind of like stigma that oh you need to be at home cooking and cleaning and doing the housework and doing this and doing that and not be focused on things or if you do want to work you work in an office you know, have a nine to five and that's that's fine I think in that way, a lot of women do feel the fear. I've had a lot of people message me themselves, like saying, how, you've got kids and like, how, how do you do everything? How do you mm. work and how do you do this? You know, and I have got a good support system. And my parents, like my, you know, my husband, he's, he supports me in the business as well. So it's always been a kind of issue for a lot of the male relatives as well in our cultural society. And I think the women, they're really happy for us, but they're a bit scared and they're kind of like, I think they wish they could have done stuff, but they have that fear factor. Yeah. They're really encouraging. At the beginning, to be honest, my mother-in-law said to me, she was like, oh, why are you having a business right now? Your kids are so small. Like, just wait till they grow up. And I'm like, wait? Wait for what? Like, I'm young young enough now. Like, what am I going to wait for? Oh, your kids are so young. You're not going to see them. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, but that's, I guess, what they did, right? They put their lives on hold. (laughs) Yeah, moving to this country, having children, we were their purpose. Whereas now they've given us this opportunity to be educated and our purpose is now completely different. Whether we went to high school, university or not, you know, our purpose is so different to theirs. Theirs was to give us that foundation, I believe anyway. Yeah, whereas I thought my purpose was literally get mar- get my job, get married straight away and then have a family. That's it. I never thought any bigger. Wasn't enough, was it though? My, oh my- no, it was mm. never enough. <laughs> Even when I used to work, and I worked for the top companies in the country, like PwC, EY, yeah. Google. But any time, I always exceeded what I was doing. I was always, like, you know, doing really well. But, again, 
I wasn't able to progress as I wanted to progress because yeah. you know there'd be like parts you know cultural differences in other people yeah. who, who would you know step ahead ahead of me even though I, yeah. I would work harder I would be but their first thing they wouldn't like it because of my age yeah and being Asian as well you know that yeah. was a massive thing in these old kind of time yeah like, Basically. absolutely absolutely so did you feel there was a lot of prejudice against you as oh, an asian woman trying to make it up the ranks 100%. in one of my companies actually i had a really supportive asian manager he always supported me and he always tried to encourage me to do more but even he was like what the hell like you're doing so well but you're not able to get the promotion it's just it was women who were like older it's mm. not just women as well who'd be older and obviously from a white background or whatever and just not let me progress and mm. you know because they would be my team leaders and they would be the ones who would have to approve it and yeah. I knew I was really and I knew I was more I knew I could do more but I just didn't know what what I was capable of. I was like well if I can't get promotion though, I can't grow in this company what what is wrong then what am I supposed to be doing like yeah and then I moved to another company so I worked for a company who contract for Google mm. and I worked there and then I fell pregnant with my third child yeah um and it was during that pregnancy, actually, I was working. And I remember I was having um, like a tea break at 10. Like, because, you know, when you're pregnant, you get hungry all the time. <laughs> I literally went into the I look forward to that, toast. by the way. I look forward <laughs> to being hungry all the time. I love food. Yeah. <laughs> I literally went to have some toast. And they came up to me and they were like, you know, you can't do that. You're not on your break. You're not on your... And I was like, are you joking? I'm pregnant. Huh? And I'm having a literal five minutes to just shove something down my mouth. And I actually got in trouble for that. And I was like, you know what, this is too much. Like, and they knew I you were pregnant not... at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they knew I was pregnant. And I was like, okay, this is not okay. Like, it's not okay for me to be in a situation where I'm pregnant. They can't even give me five, ten minutes. And I have to be at my desk the whole time. Mm. And to be my desk. So it just kind of gradually from there, I started seeing, okay, I don't want to be here. Don't want to be... Then I yeah. And then COVID happened. And once COVID happened, we were in COVID, I had my third child, and then he was a few months old, and we got this opportunity, well, we found out that there's the hotels being made in my house. Yeah, and you had an awakening, right? Yeah. So you yeah. went from this container of being, like, held back by male, pale, and stale, right, yeah. to completely expanding your life in the lockdown. So give us the background behind Nashta and how that actually happened and how it happened in lockdown of all things. So yeah, so basically I was on maternity and we just moved to our new house as well. Mm-hmm. And because we moved just before the lockdown happened. So during that time, um, we found out there was a hotel mm. just up the road and they needed someone to do breakfast. Because I was home and I was kind of like, I'd, I'd finished my maternity and I was going to gradually go on to furlough because it was yep. that kind of time right but I um, I was like well I can do it I'm not really doing much I kind of get bored so I said that I'll do the breakfast at the hotel and um, they were like okay well, well how about you do this you come up with it because they were like what's, what's your idea and I was like oh I don't really know but you know so I kind of like thought okay what I need to do is um, they said come up with like, like a brand come up with a menu and come back to us so I said okay oh, in the meantime in the background I was doing a course um about body positivity and it was an online course mm. I was actually doing it with Neat Nutrition Neat. Oh, I love we love Neat yeah and I was doing it with her and a lot of stuff started coming out because we were doing all this work vision boards and other stuff which yeah. nothing was actually relating to my body it was not about my body positivity like I think when I realized it was other things like for example doing something like having my own restaurant doing all this all this stuff started coming out because I got into meditation and yep 
you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it, I kind of got exposed to that world. And when I did my vision board, um, I don't know where it came from, but literally I had pink flowers, I had a cafe, you know, just all this kind of stuff, which wow. I have in Nashta now. Yes. And literally my vision board was, Nashta was on my vision board. And, That's incredible. Um, and can I ask when you designed this vision board of yours? This was when I, um, 2019, 2020, probably. Okay. 2020, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then Nashta, yeah. when, when do you launch uh, Nashta? Nashta was launched in December 2020. Wow. Um, so it went from yeah. this to that really quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was weird because it was just, it just kind of happened. And my vision board was in front of me every day. Yeah. Always looking at it. And then I was like, okay, this is what I definitely want to do. Um, I created a menu. Yeah. And I wanted to give, like, I've always been passionate about food. Always. Yes. So for me, it was giving something. I feel so happy when people eat my food and they love it. Mm. So, you know, I wanted to do recipes and do a menu that you can't really get anywhere. Like, yeah. you know, the home food we eat, we can't get it outside. No. But I wanted to do something like that. So that's where it came from. That's where it stemmed from. It was a, it's a very simple menu, but it's, it's stuff we just have at home. Yeah, it is an incredible menu. And it's like you gave your menu to the universe. And the universe provides you an opportunity. And then you created a menu for all of us. We literally, like, I've been to Nashta now, like, three or four times. And I'm planning on coming (laughs) again. Um, And last time I went, it was incredible. Because I was like, I really want Saad Pune. I remember talking to you and saying, it's not on the menu, but they'll make it if you ask. And I was like, I can't ask. Like, you know. So I went in and I asked. And, oh, my God, it was one of the best Saad Puneers I have Oh, I forgot had. to ask you about that. That's good. That's good yeah, it was beautiful. It was creamy. <clears throat> it was just, it was exactly what I needed. Like, sag paneer oh. is my go-to when I want, like, desi food. Um, but yeah. not many places make it very well. So, oh, yay for good. Nashta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, listen, um, yeah. So, just, you know, you just mentioned body positivity. And, you know, it's it's obvious you're a tall woman, you're a broader woman, you're a curvy woman. As a desi, curvy, broader woman like myself, how did you find people reacted to you, life was for you? Tell me a little bit about that. So, yeah, from a young age, I've not been, like, I feel, like, accepted. Or I've, not, I've not had acceptance, but I've, mm. I've felt in society mainly because I have been taller than other girls. I'm not mm. petite. I am broader. I'm not, I don't look like the normal kind of what's the norm, right? Yeah, what is um, normal? And yeah, exactly. And I always thought I was wrong. Like, what I am is not how I'm supposed to be, right? So I always thought that, you know, and I just kind of, I did live with it, just got on with life, whatever. And, um, but then as I've gotten older, obviously, and seen like, you know, other people, how it's affected social media, how it's portrayed and you know and I have always lived with it and thought you know what okay it is what it is what, what am I going to do little on me but then when it comes down to it and then when I've had these when I've been exposed now and I had Nashta and everything like that I've realized there's so many people out there who are in the same boat yeah go through the same thing and they've been through the same thing and they're still suffering trauma from it and it is a lot in our generation because of our the older generation because they have that they've got their own trauma as well mm-hmm. from those body images colorism even you know i remember i was given fair and lovely when i was younger were you yeah oh my god no i never had i never had facial bleach um fair and lovely but i did have um it's gonna sound crazy hair bleach jolene on my upper lip jolene jolene yeah Yeah. me too jolene all the way and you end up having this like ginger upper lip right and that adds to the that adds to everything right because like you're tall you're big and now you have a ginger upper lip (laughs) yeah it's true 
<laughs> oh gosh but yeah that's what I mean it's, it's not just me and that's the thing what I realized there's so many people going through the same thing when I just thought it was just me it just happens to me there's something wrong with me and the reason you thought that that way though is because actually we didn't have access to social media we didn't know what was going on outside the world you know when we were growing up it was like the 80s like we didn't even have mobile phones. We used to yeah. wind up tape players with a pencil, you know, tapes with a pencil and yeah. walk around with the massive Sony Walkmans on our hips. Yeah, you know? that's true. Like, yeah, we don't know what, what else is out there in the world. So I completely, you know, I was in the same boat. I completely get that. Yeah. And then, um, like, very recently, I did, you know, this catwalk for mm. real, you know, it was called the Boulder Beautiful Catwalk. And, um, you know, I felt really empowered, actually. And it was just so good to finally just kind of be like out there and be like, you know what? It is what it is. This is what I am. And accept me for who I am. And I'm mm. proud of who I am. Because mm. not many people do it. And it's not not enough of us do it. And not enough of us accept ourselves as we are. No. And that is all to do with the cultural, you know, the society, what they put in, you know, what they kind of feed us with, basically. Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, with the intergenerational trauma, it needs to stop with us. Because the more we portray, like, I don't want my daughter thinking. She is taller. She's going to be tall. Yeah. Her feet are a bit bigger than other girls her age. But I don't want her thinking that's not normal. No. Like, for me, I've never said, oh, any, you know, anything negative towards that side of her. She always, she just completely thinks it's normal, which is how Good. it should be. Yes. You know, and it's so important for me to be aware of that. And other people, maybe in our generation, who have children, for us to make them aware that that is completely yeah. normal. <laughs> Yeah, because we're not going to be able to get the older generation to stop saying things like, oh, you have such a pretty face, if only you were smaller. Or, you know, like, how are you going to find a man? You're so tall. It must be so hard for you. That's never going to happen. We can't yeah. change them, but we can change how we react and how we bring our daughters up in this world, really. Yeah, yeah, because that's what was said to me. Like, you're not going to be able to get married. You're too tall. You're going to find a really, really tall boy. Like, who's going to marry you? And you know, all this kind of stuff and it was kind mm. of like a bit scary and I think a lot of that is to do uh, with maybe why like when I met my husband I was like oh my god someone actually likes me someone loves me like oh my god like it was such a big deal you know yeah. I never have valued myself in that way talk to me about your value now though but now I feel I'm my own person I'm capable of so much more than I thought I was and I've got mm. so much in me like I'm able to like manage my house, manage the kids, and obviously with the support system, yeah, business, you know, and juggle all these things, and still, you know, because that was another thing people were like to me, oh, you're gonna neglect your kids, your kids gonna get neglected, you know, you're not gonna see them, and you know, but I try my utmost, like consciously best to make sure I give enough time to the kids, yeah, so I have staff in place so I can give that time to them, and that's the whole yeah. point of the freedom of time, yeah, that is one thing in life you can't buy is time. No, not you know? at all. Yeah, and, you know, so that is so important to give that time to them now. And yeah. I always make sure I do, and as well as that, don't get me wrong, I'll probably sometimes just like, oh, my God, I'm always having <laughs> breakdowns, like, all the time. But, you know, I kind of get myself through with, I do a lot of healing. Yeah. You know, Ritintil as well. We do the healing circles, which yeah. I love. And that's helped yes. me so much. My favourite are the cacao ceremonies. Yes. But honestly, I love that helps them. so much. And I always say to her, thank you so much because yeah. it helps so much for me. And more than you realize it, how much it does for you, it does. And, um, you know, I've, you know, meditation and things like mm. all this kind of stuff, you know, just kind of helps me um, navigate my way and manage everything. 
Mm. And so when I look at you, you know, you've done this bold and beautiful catwalk, you're technically now a plus size model, you know, you looked incredible in the, you were wearing desi outfits, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do remember seeing that. And how did you feel dressed up? Because when I was younger, as a five foot nine girl, average size 14 then, obviously a little bit bigger now, it was really hard to find desi outfits. So lingas and all that kind of stuff, so hard. And then you'd go to a, like a desi shop in like South Hall or Wembley and they'd be like, oh, you're extra, 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 extra yeah. large. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm a size 14. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not that big and I fit into a River Island 14, please. It affected me quite a lot. Yeah, no, but even even with me, like any, I remember even in India, when it once I went to the shop and I was just like, no, 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 there's nothing for you here. I was like, I'm just literally walked in. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just like, oh wow. my god. Yeah, it was really bad. Obviously, wow. I had no filter anyway, but yeah, you know, they don't have like, filter. And here, everything always has to be made to measure, made to yeah. measure, made to measure. You can just not last minute pick up an outfit and just you know, oil fit. Um. Whereas now, like, yeah, it was an Asian outfit. It was so Nim's boutique. She did the outfit. And obviously, Velvet Rani did it as well. And mm. another company which does really nice, Shaney London. Yes. She does a lot of stuff. Yeah. So and they literally can, you know, with Nim's, you can just go there, pick a blouse, and it's already in your size. Like, so Is good. it? Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. So she so she's doing them to size. kind of, quote, unquote, Western sizing. She does it up to size 24. Yeah. Right, Okay. Yeah, she does it to Western sizes. Yeah, so it's really it, like now when you see the changes that are coming slowly, it's kind of really like, you know what, it's about time. We need this. Mm. What I'm waiting for is now when you get the shoes. Because my, I'm a size nine feet. So for me, it's like, when are we, when are we going to get shoes like, you know, Indian shoes that are suitable? They like? don't go over a five, if I'm, if I'm like <laughs> correct. Like maybe a six if you're lucky. Like I'm a size <laughs> six and a half, seven. And yeah. no, no. But it's yeah. that, that's the next step now. I'm like, okay, so what's that? Yeah. Even that, I had to go to, um, I couldn't just get them from the lovely market in Badiala and pick them all up. I had to get made. Yeah, and even when you get your stuff made, it's like restrictive. You're like, I can't buy normal stuff. What's yeah. wrong with me? You know? Yeah. Um, you know, but I have, like, to be fair, though, to the shops here nowadays, they do have the bigger sizes. Yeah. Well, so, which is good, really good. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a bit of time for our like, society to catch up. It but, will, um, though. And I think the reason yeah. it will catch up is like people like Shirney London and Nim's yeah. Boutique and other companies the like, they're like, they're realising that actually we're not yeah. just one petite, tiny little Indian lady. We are a whole range. And we go from a five foot nothing to like six foot. You know, we go from a size zero to a size 24 or more. Exactly, you especially know. after having kids. Can you imagine, like, even, like, and I think what it is as well, like, nowadays, mums, they are, they do want to look good. They do want to look nice. Yeah. And not like that before. Our mums, like, I'll tell you, it's all right. Like, it's more important about the kids, but it's not. It's important about us as well. Like, we're not just going to sit home and just wear whatever and do whatever. Do you no. know what I mean? We want to look nice. We want to yeah. look good. We want to have outfits that look nice. So I think, like, that's changing as well. Yeah. And that's how, like, all these people now, they, they adapt into the sizes. Because obviously people do get bigger, usually. Not many people do that anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think it is changing. And I'm glad yeah. to see it. 
And the thing is, like being able to wear those nice clothes and being able to look good and feel good, even as a mum, you know, you don't want Uldi down your like joggers, you know, (laughs) all the time, right? So like even as like um, a brand new mum or a mum of a five, six-year-old, like being able to do that kind of self-care and look good gives you your self-worth, right? And it makes you love yourself more. And I think it's really important that we cater, people cater to people like you and I and other, you know, slightly curvier, bigger, taller women there in our culture and also you can't fill from an empty cup like you need to be fulfilled yourself in order to be the best version of yourself for your children for your family for your partner you know and that's what I've actually come to realize that Mm. unless I get myself happy keep myself healthy keep myself well I can't be the best version of myself for everybody else no and that's seen as quite selfish still in society wouldn't you say oh yeah when a woman looks after herself Especially in our society. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always like, well, like, sometimes I get it about the healing circle. Oh, but why do you need to go? Like, your kids, it's a Sunday, and your kids need you. They've got school the next day. Well, the kids have a dad as well, so it's yeah. fine. You know, and that's my thing. Like, why do the men not have to take that much responsibility? Like, why is it, if they were going on a business trip or whatever, it's fine. That's fine. But if we as mothers want to go on a business trip for five days, oh, my God, it's such a big deal. Yeah, you know that's where I've started saying, well, I'm sorry, I don't care. This yeah. is what I'm doing. You know, and it's taken me a long time to find my voice as well, to be honest, because I've always just kind of gone with it and just been like, okay, like, I'm not a very dominant person. I'm just quite submissive. I just kind of be like, okay, it's fine. Mm. But now I feel like, well, why should I? Why am I doing that? Why am I doing it to myself? And I'm just suppressing it inside myself. Yeah. Yeah. But now I kind of say no, and I say no. This is what I'm doing, and at the end of the day, it's in the betterment of the children anyway. Long term, absolutely. absolutely. So. You know, and I know that you've started putting yourself first in terms of you're going on these retreats, you're going on business sessions, and you know, meeting incredible women and expanding your network. I don't think it's selfish at all. Like it's something I do. Like how are we meant to grow if we're held back by just being family women, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and there's why can't we do both? We can do both. We can do be family everything. women and also have our own growth and our own yeah. happiness and our own you know, outside the home as well. So it's yeah. not, you know, I just feel like so un- it's been so unfair on women, but mm. you know, especially in our society. And now, you know, we should change perspectives. Like, why can't someone have a business and have three kids at home? Why? Like, exactly. good for you if you can. You know, you should do it and be a women's advocate. Absolutely, always. Oh, and I love supporting women, and I love supporting women in small businesses. And I'm yeah. always, I always, every, I'm always there for you. And I'm always there for everybody. If anyone, you know, I try and use my platform as best I can, like you, you know, do. my, um, you know, where I can promote what I do, you know, because I, I have that belief that there's so much out there for everyone, you know. Yeah. So that, and why can't you share it to the world? I love doing it. Yeah. The universe is abundant, right? Just because someone else is getting abundant doesn't mean we're not going to get it. And just because we are doesn't mean someone else is not going to get it. But actually us helping someone else brings us both up together, right? So collaboration over competition, Competition. always for me. Always. And me. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just hope the rest of the world sees that nowadays, but not everyone does. But, no. And I think that the competition mindset is a very old school, last generation mindset. But, you know, all the women I've met of late have been incredible. Like, it's all about collaboration. It's all about bringing each other up, especially now in this like new paradigm where we're not 
all institutionalized anymore and we need that community and we need that support system from outside our families. oh yeah and I think the way the women support each other is amazing like the yeah. way we do advocate each other is so good I love it our little community that we have going on yeah you know, with all our small businesses and everyone supporting each other it's so good like again an exchange of energy as well 100 percent. so good yeah oh so, yeah well, yeah gone are the days of being pitted against each other for a man's attention right oh god <laughs> don't need long that long gone <laughs> long gone on those days thank yeah. you very much now it's like so, let's go on a girl's trip let's go somewhere oh talking <laughs> of girl's trip I am planning a beautiful girl's trip to Thailand in April next year so fingers crossed you can make I'm it in. I'm already in <laughs> you're already in amazing so obviously we know how you started Nashta and it was on your vision board but is there a purpose behind the brand you've created? There is, actually. So originally, my story behind it was to create something for mums and women around Slough, the local mm. area, to go and just enjoy something nice in a nice setting. So there was nothing local. Like, there, we've got Costa and that's about it, really. Yeah. So when I was pregnant and I had the little one and I had my other kids went to school, and I was like, okay, what am I doing with my time? I'll meet my friend for my coffee. Okay, where are we going to go? That's, there's nowhere else. If you Unless you want to go to Windsor or whatever. But as yeah. locally, you want something where it is something there. So I think that was that was a massive thing for me. Like, and my target market was mums and women. Yeah. Because I wanted to have a place for them where they feel comfortable as well to bring their babies and their children. And they say that to me. But like, you know what? At least the kids can run around and we're fine. Like, we don't feel stressed about it. Because I have children. And I know how it feels. Yeah. I made sure I had a really good children's menu as well. Um, and I really catered for kids, catered for the mums, you know, had lovely teas and coffees and a yeah. beautiful setting with like flowers and everything. And it just gives them that time to like like have a little like nice little natter and just mm. have something good to eat as well, like home feeling. Yeah, and not have to sit in a coffee shop, which <clears> you <throat> feel like once you finish your coffee, you kind of have to leave. Whereas you can just yeah. sit, enjoy the environment, the decor, yeah. you know, the food. It comes out when it's ready. It's piping hot, yeah. you know. So yeah. tell me, what's the um, best thing or the most uh, bought thing that people love on your menu? Oh, my gosh, that is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I actually went through my breakfast menu and I was like, there's nothing I can take off this menu. Everything sells. But like, I'm not even joking. Really? Someone will buy a breakfast. They'll both buy breakfast there's two people they'll also get pronto as well or they'll get like chole padura but they'll get pronto as well really so it's like yeah 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 so it's like there's not even one thing or they'll get chili cheese toasty as well oh. as a meal but that chili cheese like... toasty yes <laughs> so yes yeah, so it's like one of those things where everything it sells really well yeah people love our like chole padura and our culture chana a culture in slough when i started it no one was doing culture i really yeah, the first people that started to do it. Oh, wow. So, you know, and even as a breakfast place, there was no one doing breakfast. Literally, now, there's obviously a lot of people doing breakfast. But we're the original, and literally everyone comes back to us and says, no one can beat your taste, no one can beat your food. Mm. And, you know, that makes me so happy that people love the food. Yes. And, um, you know, like, they love coming, and they love the menu. So that's why I've not changed the menu, because I just think it's concise, it's small, but it does, it, it does well. Mm. People love it. Are you doing yeah. a desi afternoon tea? I, I, I do. We do have one. We have a desi oh. afternoon tea. We're actually doing a brunch, a bottomless brunch. Okay. So to celebrate our two years. Yes. So, um, in when is this? May this? So this year, May, like towards the end of May, is going to be our two years. But I'm celebrating. We're doing it in June. Okay. Celebration. 
I think yeah, you're doing yeah. it while I'm in Texas, aren't you? I think yes, I think that's uh, why I can't make it. I know. Oh, yeah. Great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, it's our two years anniversary. So yes, for two years. Wow. Two years. Just started as a breakfast cafe. Now I do dinner as well. So we have like a fusion. Yes, dinner, we do. Um, which people love as well. Mm. So. so, do you have plans for expansion? So I have expanded a bit already in terms of within that one site okay so I do um so we do catering and event I do a lot of corporate events and I've, I've done a wedding wow um, like obviously birthdays we hold a lot of events in, in store as well yeah and the expansion plan is there I do want to open another one um probably focusing more on take and delivery mm. uh, it's more you know what it is it's the manpower as well and because my kids are so small I don't want to like take myself away too much yeah. I want to have enough manpower there that if I'm not around or I can't be around, that I've got people there who are reliable, trustworthy. Because it's taken me two years to build up this team. That's one of the hardest things, I'll say, is staffing. Finding the right people, reliable. right? Yeah. yeah. And the people who believe in your vision and actually have that passion like you do, that's really hard to get. Mm. I think, um, and it's important for me, so it's not just a business for me, but it is important to have that, those values, because they're kind of core values of my company, I guess. Yeah. That you know, you need to have that love for the customer, that 100%. passion to feed them good food, you know. But yes, yeah, so I'm looking at doing that maybe, like opening maybe a couple of cloud kitchens or something. Yeah. So that would be an option. That sounds amazing. And you're literally serving with love. And that is, you know, you're doing it in your own way and you are doing it through literal food. And there's coaches out there serving their experiences through love. And, you know, everything we do, even like Nim's Boutique or whatever, she's serving with love. She's creating clothes that are with love. And that is what I love about kind of where the world is going right now is that everyone is finding their purpose to serve others. And it's making for a beautiful society. So that's everything we brought up in a beautiful society. Beautiful society, <laughs> exactly. So I have one last question, or actually one last thing to ask you. Okay. So have you got a tip for our listeners to guide them on becoming their most unlimited self or taking the next step? Like what is the one piece of advice you would give everyone listening today? I think start um meditation journaling mm. um i feel that once you when you have that stillness within yourself you are so much more kind of aligned and focused on what you want to do and what you want to get out of life and that has been a massive game changer for me like yeah just having that time just the stillness even if like i do a bit just before i go to bed now days um where i kind of just like meditate or whatever or i try and do some journaling in the morning okay um and a bit of meditation in the morning just five minutes even um I've tried the 5am club it doesn't work for me unfortunately I can't get no. out so um, every time I do oh, I still get up early because of the kids but then once they've gone I do my meditation and do my bits then and it still works yeah if you're worried about oh I can't get up early or I can't do this it's okay work it around your life because it's yeah. there to serve you right you have to make it work for you as well um and I think like vision boards Put everything on a vision board. Put it on the vision board and just look at it every day. I have mine in front of my bed. So when I'm in yeah. there, I literally can see it. And that's how that's how I had the mask on. It was literally just in front of my bed. And I'd look at it every single day. And literally, it's the first thing I saw when I got up. I even that's... got it on my phone, actually, as my, my screensaver. That's incredible. So what's on your vision board now? Another baby, perhaps? <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. We're done there. <laughs> done. 
yeah, they're definitely opening more Nash bars. And um, for me, it's more just having a fulfilled and content life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, having my dream house, my, my forever house. So, yeah, that kind of thing really. So I, yeah. I definitely recommend it. Just journaling is really good. You come up with such amazing ideas. Just mm. Yeah, 100%. So you're basically just saying, you know, having that self-awareness of yourself and where you are now, and then the tools for self-improvement, like the meditation, like the journaling, even things like the ceremonies, you know, the healing, you know, yeah. all of these things combined make for a better you, right? But it all just, starts with... No, I was just going to say, if a lot of people say, oh, they can't afford, or we can't afford it to go there or do this or whatever. There's so many simple apps you can download yeah. as well to help with that meditation or journaling or whatever or you can get just pick up a journal and do that from like you know any shop really 100 percent, yeah you know make it work for you but even just going out for a walk and just having that stillness you know or listening to a podcast like this yeah. one yeah. <laughs> you know? I like this one yeah actually getting outside is so yeah. important for us we need to ground we need to feel yeah. the earth's energy so all of these tools like for some people they may seem quite woo-woo but actually they're yeah. not like getting outside is not woo-woo which is getting outside yeah. Yeah. try and do it like I would say without a podcast at times as well you know or anything yeah, 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 and just yeah, yeah. listen even meditating yeah. is not really woo because it's just meditating doesn't mean necessarily you could just you could be doing your prayers you know yeah you could be doing you know just even just not thinking of anything just doing breath work yeah you know that's meditating as well so it's it's kind of how you perceive it because it's what it is is taking that break from that constant that hamster wheel you're on yes right taking yourself out of that and actually thinking okay what am i what what do i want to do what am i doing with my, what what is it where which direction do i want to go you know, I think that's important to get yourself away from it. And I, yeah. I was only able to do that because I was on furlough. Yeah. And that's yeah. how I managed to kind of do that. I loved COVID. Just going to put it out there. I, I didn't love COVID, sorry. I loved the, the lockdown. Lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Lockdown. Getting outside every day was just amazing. Yeah. But listen, Jocelyna, um, we're going to wrap up now. But can you tell people how they would get in contact with you if they want to find you on social media and any events that maybe you've got running? I know you mentioned the two-year party so if you can just like yeah reel it out and people can get in contact yeah, with sure. you so in terms of if you want to come to the restaurant to have brunch dinner or breakfast uh we've got so it's uh, on instagram it's nashta underscore cafe that's our insta name and my personal to see my personal journey and to see what i get up to uh it's just nina rendawa uh, that's my insta name um and we're based uh, the cafe is based in Langley. so um, and we also do events catering and everything so, and once you come and try our food, you love it. So. <laughs> <laughs> once you go to Nashville, you never go back, right? Yeah, exactly. Incredible. <laughs> well, as well, <laughs> yeah, so Nashta, um, Nashta underscore cafe, and you can find everything you need to know on there. Do go and check out the food. It is absolutely divine. And try the um, sag paneer. It doesn't exist on the menu but you can ask for it. Thank you so much for your time, Jocelyna. I'm honoured that you me. gave me this opportunity to speak to you. Um, and we will catch up soon. What a beautiful episode. I'm so thankful that Jocelyna joined me to discuss body positivity, the purpose behind Nashta, and how we need to show our young girls that actually we are good enough and to show them 
to have self-worth. Now, if you're ready to find your purpose, you know what to do. Just contact me, um, DM me on Instagram, Unlimited Urvashi, or head to the link in my bio and book yourself in for a call. It's no obligation, but it's a really good way to get you started on the path towards your purpose. I will catch you next time. And this is Urvashi for Becoming Unlimited.